Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Chilling with Teddy G, where we discuss anything and everything with absolutely no sugar and no problem. Right, ladies and gentlemen, all our stories are brought to you uncooked. They serve their broth. There's no flavor, no sugar, and no problem. So go grab yourself a favorite cup of coffee to your latte. Let me into your cars or your homes or your workplaces, wherever you may have to be listening to me. My name is Ted Drew, and I'm your host on Chilling with Teddy G. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining me for another episode of Chilling with Teddy G, where you know here we give you our point of view served up to you raw. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, we like to give our stories to you the way that we receive them. There ain't no coloring, no fillers, no sugars, no frosting, no flavoring whatsoever to our new cast stories and our comments uh, or commentaries or opinions. We want you to get them the way that we get them, and that's totally unfiltered. And we're going to be discussing today, uh, along with getting some um, um, comments and some um, commentary from uh, our viewing audience on the, the uh, thing that uh, Donald Trump said uh, at his speech. Uh, I'll give you my opinion or I'll give you my commentary after I let you uh, 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 hear this uh, quick uh, audio clip. We can't let that happen. Hopefully George is looking down right now and saying there's a great thing that's happening for our country. There's a great day for him. It's a great day for everybody. Did y'all hear that ridiculous statement? Let me play that again and make sure you heard it. We can't let that happen. Hopefully George is looking down right now and saying there's a great thing that's happening for our country. There's a great day for him. It's a great day for everybody. Okay, please tell me y'all heard that. Today is a great day for George Floyd. The murdered unarmed black man who was lynched uh, and the modern day lynching. Today is a great day for him. Explain to me how it's a great day for him and a great day for our country. Those was the words that you heard just come out of his mouth. And hopefully he's looking down on us. These are the words from your president, not mine. You know, it by now, you know, you would think that you would become used to um, ignorant statements coming from 45. But yet again, he has astounded and amazed America with his uh, uh, idiotic uh, comments. I, I am, you know, it, it's, it's um, amazing how he has the ability to make you be at a loss for words.
you find it hard to be able to calm me to uh, such stupidity. It's amazing how he can get in front of that platform and make everything come out of his mouth. Uh, a dark, dark uh, day in America. It truly is amazing. Well, we've had enough of uh, this guy's uh, rhetoric. This guy's uh, uh, inexperienced as a president and an experienced white nationalist. Uh, threaten and harm uh, black America. And people want to uh, vote him out. People want to uh, discredit him as a president. You don't have to do that. He's done that. He's done a very good job of that himself. There's no need for us to uh, speak on uh, uh, the practices that he's done since he's been in offices that has been degrading to uh, America and especially uh, black America, you know, because as you guys uh, uh, get shot in your hand, black America gets their hand blown off. This is how it happens here in America when it comes to uh, privileged white Americans and uh, uh, black uh, African Americans, but I digress. I, I want you to hear this, which is uh, so important, so you can really get an understanding of what's going on. Christian Clark, the Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights Under Law, makes a uh, a comment and and uh, pulls out the uh, unjust system for the uh, Black Lives Matters a chapter in D.C to uh, file charges, plain and simple. Won't you uh, listen to this? Attorney General Barr himself issuing uh, the order to deploy peaceful demonstrators by using force, by using the park police, by using the Secret Service, by firing tear gas, using chemical agent, agents, using batons. Um, people out there were hurt, actually. Um, as people were peacefully assembled in front of St. John's Church, Attorney General issues the order. Attorney General Barr issues the order. Those people have to be deployed now. Um, people were shocked. There were kids out there. Uh, there were old people out there. There were religious people out there. There were black, white, brown people out there. Uh, you had the Park Police, you had Secret Service, National Guard. Um, it, uh, it was horrible. And so uh, what we've done at the Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights Under Laws, we've said enough is enough. We know what this is about. We saw this in Selma, Alabama, when peaceful demonstrators were marching across the Edmund Pettus Bridge, and they were met with state-sponsored violence when they got on the other side. Here we are in 2020 dealing with the same thing. So last night, we filed a suit in federal district court here in Washington, D.C., on behalf of the D.C. chapter of Black Lives Matter. The case caption is Black Lives Matter D.C. versus Trump. Other named defendants include Attorney General Barr, an esper, um, and a slew of government officials who violated the Constitution by using state 
sanctioned violence to, uh, to, to attack peacefully assembled demonstrators. And what we plan to do as people all across our country are out protesting and demonstrating and expressing grief about the death of George Floyd, crying out for reform, crying out for police reform now, is we're going to stand by them and we're going to use the courts to make clear that they have a right to be out there. And that right comes from the First Amendment of the Constitution, which says you have the right to free speech and the right to assembly. And here's an interesting thing about President Trump. He believes in the First Amendment. He does. He believes in the First Amendment when you're talking about gun-toting activists who are taking siege of government buildings. He believes in the First Amendment when you're talking about extremists who are trying to go and speak on campuses. He believes in the First Amendment when you're talking about hate mongers in Charlottesville. He believes in the First Amendment when you're talking about churches that are trying to defy state state orders to stay home. But he doesn't believe in the First Amendment when people are out talking about racial justice and police violence and issues that he doesn't agree with. And, And that's not right. It violates the Constitution, and so we're fighting back. Now, she's 100% right about that. All those things that uh, he agreed with are are uh, for uh, white nationalists, uh, the KKK, uh, any uh, um, uh, group of Aryan nations when they want to go to colleges to speak or when they storm in uh, state capitol buildings and whatnot, fully armed. He's in 100% compliance with that. But now the tables are turned with these constitutional given rights when when we're uh, addressing issues of uh, police violence. Uh, uh, the murder of uh, Breonna Taylor. The, uh, the lynching of, of um, George Floyd. The uh, 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 the uh, uh, hunting and lynching of uh, Ahmad Avery. Hunted down like some wild animal. Cornered, captured, and lynched while his uh, co-conspirator videotaped the entire incident and then allowed family members to come by and take uh, celebrated pictures of uh, his corpse and post them on social media all of that's allowed all that's fine with uh president 45. and it seems that a lot of privileged americans don't have a problem with that it seems like that's that's okay but we uh as a people and we as a, a nation uh, I'm not going to stand for it. That's why they're trying to throw all of these uh, so-called riots, and I say so-called because they got the uh, undercover infl- uh, um, informants and undercover uh, police officers uh, starting a lot of these riots or contributing to them. 
So while we're out there peacefully protesting, trying to get our voices heard on these subject matters that are important to us, they're out there with their um, different tactics to try to prevent that from happening. See, ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you this. As long as uh, uh, uprest and rioting and, and fires and things like that are going on, they this takes the um, focus off of why we're really out there uh, protesting. They're trying to hide the name of, of George Floyd and Ahmaud Avery and, and uh, Breonna Taylor and the other um, thousands that have been unarmed and died at, in the hands of um, police officers and even civilians. See, if they can get that focus off that and get the focus on, on you, uh, uh, you few individuals that may be participating in uh, uh, some of these riotings and some of these lootings. It's, and a lot of these lootings, believe it, believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, to me, these people are doing this because a lot of them are out of work. And they're trying to um, make money and get money any way they can. So I, some of them are opportunists, but they're opportunists because uh, uh, they're trying to uh, get that um, money that's so desperately needed to uh, continue to survive. And I hope y'all not asking the silly question where, what do you mean by uh, monies when they're taking televisions and, 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 and uh, stereos and different things like that out of any way, because they're going to sell them. And they're going to get the money that they need to pay their rent and put food on their table and to pay your utility bills. And the list goes on and on and on and on when you got uh, 40 million people out of work. Come on. Yeah, me. Um, right now, many people have seen the video of the elderly man in Buffalo who was pushed down, uh, bleeding out of his ears and the back of his head. And we now understand that all of the officers have apparently resigned because uh, of discipline that was imposed on the officer who did the pushing. They are standing unified. And here's the thing. That raises one big issue that we're going to have to address as we now engage in this national debate about police reform. What do we do about police unions? And what do we do about the culture inside of police unions and these collective bargaining agreements that are so often an obstacle to reform and so often hamstrung people from putting in place that putting in place the reforms that you need to transform a police department? We know what we need. We need a ban on chokeholds. We need a ban on racial profiling. We need to create a national database where we can track the misconduct of police officers and make it impossible for them to get purged uh, one day and then rehired the next over here. We need a national standard on use of force. We need to ban the use of federal money to bring in militarized equipment. We know the reforms that are needed, but one big obstacle will be uh, the police reforms. And also, how do we change the culture inside of police departments? So many police officers operate from this warrior mentality. 
It is a war. Put on your riot gear, get your billy club out, get your, your tear gas. When actually, if you had a different mentality and saw yourself as a guardian of the people, as a community builder, we wouldn't have the tensions and conflicts that we're seeing. And we saw that last weekend play out. Camden, New Jersey, Flint, Michigan, the officers who chose to march side by side with demonstrators said, I'm with you, I'm not against you. The dynamics were totally different. And in the places where people came out with their with their tanks and the riot gear, it, you know, the tension levels just rose dramatically. It's gonna be a long road to reform, but we know what we need to do to get the job done. But for right now, the demonstrators and the protesters are playing an important part because they're shining a bright light on the issue and they're making it impossible for you to turn the channel and move on to something else. This issue is here to stay, it is front and center, and it is not going away. And at the Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights Under Law, we are gonna stand up right now for those who are choosing to protest in the streets, exercising their First Amendment rights. And we absolutely are gonna stand behind you and uh, your organization as well as uh, Black Lives Matter. And we're going to do this very thing. We're going to continue to keep this in the spotlight. We're going to continue to uh, bring you these uh, um, impacting uh, news stories um, that are affecting uh, America as a whole. And not just uh, Black America. But all of these reforms are, are, are needed and are necessary in order to... Um, change uh this injustice system to where now it becomes a little bit more uh, equal playing field for uh african americans as well as uh, privileged americans and when you know and technically you know it seems like we're asking for more but no we asking y'all to give y'all sales less to make it an even playing field to where we can all uh, grow and, and, and prosper and, and have an actual uh, part of the uh, American dream and, and have a part of uh, a fair and uh, unbiased judicial uh, system. It's absolutely um, necessary. And we're going to keep this light focused on that to make sure uh, this happens. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, please stay tuned. Uh, right after this uh, commercial break, we'll be right back with you. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we ask that you continue to support uh, Chilling with Teddy G as well as other black platforms by, by sharing. Hit that share button. Hit that like button. Hit that follow button. All of these things are very important in order to continue to grow the audience to continue to be able to uh, get these uh, worthy news stories out to you. It is uh, so important that you be able to uh, uh, support these uh, programs. Uh, support this program with uh, your monthly uh, a donation of uh, $1 up to whatever amount that you feel you can give, $5, $10, whatever your, uh, that you're able to give. We know that these are hard times in this uh, COVID-19 world but uh, uh, doing what we do, a cost, it isn't free. 
and I, I'm not monetized by any uh, commercialized uh, uh, profiting uh, on this station. You know, my, my support comes directly from you guys and what I can pull out of my uh, meager uh, uh, financial wallet. So we ask you to continue to support uh, these uh, uh, programs. We ask that you continue to uh, follow, continue to like, ladies and gentlemen, continue to share, uh, build these uh, platforms up, ladies and gentlemen, where we have plenty of viewers, where we have plenty of uh, members. So the more members we have, the more the uh, uh, worthy news and the, and black and the new black media news gets out to uh, uh, each and every uh, one of you. We really appreciate uh, appreciate your support. We really appreciate you listening. So please, ladies and gentlemen, uh, again, my final words are uh, like, share, follow, and support. Thank you. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for uh, um, hanging around. Uh, we have a, a commentary uh, uh, um, from uh, uh, Kayla, uh, Kayla Janae Lansing about right, white privilege. And uh, I would like you to share uh, that with you on, on today's episode because it is directly connected to what we're just talking about right now. Everything with the uh, with the forty five and the governors and the mayors and the uh, lack of their uh, doing something about the uh, issues that uh, Black America is faced with. We learned your French. Okay. We learned. We learned your English. We learned your Spanish. We learned your Dutch, your Portuguese, your German. You learned our nothing. You called us stupid. That's white privilege. And I'm sure it probably hurts for you to hear those two words kind of like gunshots and explosions from those commissioned to protect you with <coughs> whisking past your ears. What is white privilege? It is the only five decades of legal acknowledgement expected to correct 400 years of white transgression. It's crack versus cocaine. Blacks receiving almost 20% longer sentences for the same exact offenses of white, for instance. A black man without a record is less likely to get a job than a white felon or maybe it's because we're lazy and we don't work hard enough. Like, what the fuck? 400 years in the same field literally is an incredible resume builder. It is Katrina answering the government's prayers of eugenics dictating going fishing the next day Condoleezza on a shopping spree bush in San Diego. But Kanye is the one you call crazy because like it only took the USA two days to get A to Asia but five for FEMA to get to Canal Street and Esplanade as the one black kid who beat the shit out of the odds but only thanks to Sandra Bullock, Michelle Pfeiffer and the white shadow so now we all can make it. It's the only time. Thousands of white people are cheering for the black kid to win is in the stadium. It is you looking at me crazy if I told you to go back to Europe, even though we didn't have a say. It is you all of a sudden having a problem with immigration like this isn't even your nation. How the hell do you discover some shit that wasn't even missing to begin with you Columbus our traditions? Had white girls twerking in high definition, multicolored hair, purple nails, but it was ghetto when we did it. Oh, I make you uncomfortable. Try a cramp slave ship. But wait. Slavery is over now. 
it's just called the prison system because like you're not racist because you don't use the n-word but y'all use niggas every day what is white privilege it is the acceptance of bombs over baghdad but not over boston this european history being taught is a major and africanism elective it is learning about my people only 28 days like i'm not black every fucking second is every white boy but the fuck my braids out, not because I'm pretty, but because I'm pretty for a black girl. It is people thinking that Africa is one nation. It is the waving of the Confederate flag like you didn't lose the battle and then telling us to get over slavery. It is people saying that black people destroyed neighborhoods, but forgetting that white people have destroyed continents. It is every time I bring up my plight, some white man has to tell me that I'm crazy, but is kind enough to praise my English or say that we're all given the same opportunities, even though he has a family history of wealth. And I don't even know my family history at all is the justification of police brutality like what did that person do i'm sure it doesn't hurt as much when the victim doesn't look like you it is people thinking that affirmative action is an unfair advantage instead of keeping the qualified from being unfairly disadvantaged or throwing out a qualified applicant because their names out to african-american is newports imported into black communities where black boys exported for weed is big plastic asses that are called fat when we naturally have them it is an australian woman who's new classic of rap music it is everyone who hears this poem dismisses all this truth i just spit as reverse racism that is white privilege thank you we thank you so much for that we uh appreciate your uh comment and it was a uh, well thought out well articulated and uh 100% correct. It was definitely on point. So, uh, Tito, we really appreciate that. Uh, we also have a uh, another uh, comment or opinion that I would like to share with you from um, Isaac Baker. That's where this comment comes from. Very uh, uh, intelligent and uh, very spiritual and 100% uh, on point. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, but it seems I'm having some definite, uh, technical difficulty and uh, he's unavailable at this time. But let me replace him with this. Now, here's a great story. You guys will love this. Now, Kenny DeForest is a comedian and he told this story on Twitter. So I'll break it down for you. But basically, this is a story that happened back in January of 2015 that involves Dave Chappelle. He said that Dave Chappelle went to the knitting factory in New York one night and he did an impromptu set. And he said he was asking the crowd for them to give him headlines to riff on. So one person yelled out police brutality. And this is right after the Eric Garner uh, killing that happened. And he said a clearly privileged white girl shouts life's hard. Sorry about it. When he starts talking about police brutality and Dave Chappelle said, I thought body cams would help. But what good is video evidence if y'all don't care? And the girl yells out, life's hard, sorry about it. So Dave Chappelle says, what did you say? And she repeated it. And that's when he started to educate her. But he didn't attack her. He didn't yell. He didn't make fun of her. He started educating the crowd on the history of black people and the police. He talked about slave patrols, Rodney King and Watts and Emmett Till and Black Wall Street. He talked about Trayvon Martin, Michael Brown. And he talked about John Crawford III. Do you guys know who John Crawford III is? No, who's John, John Crawford III? He killed in, got killed in... No, I'm about to say Walmart. That don't sound right. He did get killed in Walmart. He picked up he a did. baby gun. Oh, okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. 
it was for sale in Walmart and he was just looking at the BB gun and somebody called the cops, a white person called the cops mm -hmm. and the officer came in, doesn't even say drop the weapon, hands up, just shoots him and kills him. It's on security yeah. footage. Yes, it's plain as day. And according to the uh, comedian DeForest, he says Chappelle then tells a story about getting getting pulled over in a rural Ohio where he lives. This is before that shooting, before John Crawford III got shot and killed. But after Ferguson, so racial tension is bubbling. He said, I may be white on paper, but I'm still black, so I'm nervous. He said, the cop approaches. He can tell I'm nervous. I have both my hands on the wheel. And I say, officer, my license and registration is in the glove box. I'm going to reach for them now. I promise I'm not armed. He said, I could tell the officer was offended. And he said, I know who you are, Dave Chappelle. And I said, so why do I need my license and registration? He said he got off with a warning. And he said, the twist is that same cop is the same cop who will go on to murder John Crawford III. Mm. And at the end of wow. it, he said, I shouldn't have to be Dave Chappelle to survive police encounters. Damn. Now, what's really relevant about this whole story, though, is the comedian, Kenny DeForest, who tweeted all this and waited until now to talk about it five years later. He said Dave Chappelle goes on to explain that one of his best friends is South African. He said, I asked him what it was like in South Africa right before apartheid ended. And he said it was chaos in the streets. There were riots and car bombs, but the amount of people caring hit critical mass and there was nothing they could do to stop it. The people had momentum and apartheid ended. Critical mass. That's what we have to hit. Once enough of you care, there will be nothing they can do to stop the change. And he said it was incredibly powerful and the crowd was somber and silent. I think that's the moment that we're in right now. And, you know, it makes me exactly. feel bad when I know when, when I know these stories, like, you know, I know these names. Like when you said John Crawford III, I, I knew the name, but I'm like, it felt like it, it, it all started to feel like a blur because you hear so many of these stories. So many so different like, names, different stories. stories. Yeah. Yeah. Like, was that the guy who yeah. got shot in Walmart? Oh, was that the guy who got pulled over and, you know, he had a legal gun and they still shot him? Was that the guy who was scared and ran and they shot him in the back? It's literally all a blur. You just know the names. You just don't know how they got killed by police. You just know they got killed by police. Now, that is definitely incredible. That's a profound statement right there, ladies and gentlemen, for him to even have to acknowledge that so much of it is going on, so many names, so many uh, unarmed situations, so, so much uh, police brutality that it seems to be give, getting uh, interwoven in the stories of black America who's uh, who's being uh, sensibly killed or properly uh, titled uh, uh, modern day lynching that uh, is getting difficult to tell one story from the other. Charlemagne makes a very valid uh, point when he says that. And that's uh, not only keeping it 100, but the real thing is, ladies and gentlemen, that's a fact. We are getting bombarded with so much um, hatred and modern-day lynching that they are becoming interwoven into uh, Black America that it's getting difficult to be able to uh, hear a name and associate it with exactly uh, what happened to that individual but at least he was right you know as a journalist and, and, and as a um, uh, radio uh, uh, host and announcer he he did remember that it was in a Walmart but his mind was his mind was clouded to the fact that 
is that really uh, um, the story behind this um, black uh, man losing his life? Now that tells you how sad this situation really is, ladies and gentlemen, when it's then got to the point where you can't distinguish uh, the truth. Let me do some laundry, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, 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 the Fair Use Act, the Copyright Disclaimer of 1976 and the Title 17, Section 107, allowances is made for the use, uh, the Fair Use Act for the purpose such as criticism, comment, news reporting, teaching, scholarships, and research. Fair use is permitted by the copyright statute that may otherwise be infringing nonprofit, educational, or personal use tips the balance in the favor of fair use. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to share, don't forget to follow, and please don't forget to uh, support uh, financially with a monthly contribution if you're able to. But you know, I always got to do my laundry in here to keep these, uh, uh, to keep myself clear, keep myself clean. You know, I have to do my whites and I have to do my darks in order to keep the uh, Privilege of America from knocking down these doors. Well, yesterday we read you Drew Brees' apology on Instagram for the remarks that he said about how he doesn't like the kneeling during the NFL pro during the NFL games and how it's disrespectful to the flag. Well, now he is apologizing yet again. Now he posted on his social media page, step by step, you will see my heart for exactly what it is and the way everyone around me sees it. I'm sorry it has taken this long to act and to participate in a meaningful way, but I am your ally in this fight. Here's what he stated. I know there's not much that I can say that would make things any better right now, but I just want you to see in my eyes how sorry I am for the comments that I made yesterday. I know that it hurt many people. That was never my intention. I wish I would have laid out what was on my heart in regards to the George Floyd murder, Ahmaud Arbery, the years and years of social injustice, police brutality, and the need for so much reform and change to bring equality to our black communities. I am sorry, and I will do better, and I will be part of the solution, and I am your ally. I am your ally is the new I have black friends. That's what it sounds like, right? Yeah, that's what it sounds like. I am your ally, the new I have black friends. And I don't think Drew Brees is racist. I just think that he's, you know, uh, culturally clueless. That's all. He really yeah, doesn't understand that there's two different Americas out here. Then why did he kneel? Why did he kneel in the first place with his teammates? Probably just he's showing solidarity the team. because those are his teammates. <laughs> that's all. But that's if he didn't feel that way, team. don't do it. Just, just don't do it to pander me. If you don't if you don't feel that way, don't do it. Stand on, stand on what you're saying. Took a knee for the team. Mm. Took one for the team. He took a knee for the team. That's all. All right, some of the biggest names in the NFL from Patrick Mahomes, Odell Beckham, Saquon Barkley, they did drop a message now demanding that the league admit that they wrongly silenced protesters like Colin Kaepernick. And here's what this video sounds like. It's been 10 days since George Floyd was brutally murdered. How many times do we need to ask you to listen to your prayers? What will it take for one of us to be murdered by police brutality? What if I was George Floyd? We will not be silenced. We assert our rights peacefully protest. It shouldn't take this long to admit. So, on behalf of the National Football League, this is what we, the players, would like to hear you state. We, we the National, National Football League, League, condemn racism and the systematic oppression of black people. We, we the National Football League, League, admit wrong and silencing our players from peacefully protesting. We, the National Football League, believe black lives matter. I wonder would the league ever admit that? No, I don't think so. We because if they admit that, 
then they got to admit the Colin Kaepernick thing, and then they got to probably pay more money than they made. Because there's a lot of players that pretty much have been silenced and haven't been able to play because they were kneeling, right? Camardi. What happens yeah. in the future so if they decide to, to, what can, what, what will the NFL do in the future now? Oh, oh, they definitely kneeling this year. Yeah, they ain't got to worry about Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Play, play, players are definitely taking a knee this year. But, you know, I guess even if the NFL doesn't admit they're on the wrong side of history, uh, we got eyes. We all can see that you're on the wrong side of history. National Football League. Well, uh, you know, some of Drew Brees' teammates have forgiven him. You know, they were actually chanting F Drew Brees in New Orleans, and some people actually set his jersey on fire in the streets also. Mm-hmm. Well, Michael Thomas said, one of my brothers made a public statement yesterday that I disagreed with. He apologized, and I accept it because that's what we are taught to do as Christians. Now back to the movement, hashtag George Floyd. Alvin Kamara said, this is... The reality we live in, this isn't about pinning black against white, but more so about the narrative that is created when a black person speaks and when a white person speaks. Pay attention. This is why we protest. This is why we take a need to be heard. Nothing more. I wonder if Drew Brees is wishing he retired last year. He's 40-something years old. I wonder if he's wishing, man, I wish I just wish I'd have just tapped, tapped out. Last year. Yeah. Well, Malcolm Jenkins told him to shut the F up. So that was his response. I like that. Brees. Drop on a clue bump for Malcolm Jenkins. Very sound advice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, Amanda Seals is speaking out about. Well, we thank you guys for that report. And you're right. Definitely drop a clue bomb for that because that's that's how he feels about uh, what he knew this uh, football player knew all along. It wasn't about the uh, national anthem. It wasn't about disrespecting the flag. It was making a uh, announcement, a peaceful protest to the uh, unarmed uh, killing of uh, black men and women. That's what Colin Kaepernick was doing. And he knew that. But, and I'm not saying that he's racist either, but I'm saying because of his um, white privilege and and, uh, his uh, whiteness, as we have to say it, they're clueless, as we have to say it, to what um, African Americans really go through here in America. But I am so sorry that it took the uh, murder of uh, Ahmaud Avery, George Floyd, uh, uh, Breonna Taylor, in order for you guys to even see it. And you're only probably seeing it now because of the uh, widespread uh, spotlight that's being focused now on uh, what's happening to us. I mean, basically, we got the hashtag uh, breathing while black, which means that if you're alive and that you're breathing, you're subject to being another unarmed black individual gunned down in the streets of America. That's the significance behind the hashtag uh, breathing while black. Because we didn't coin every other one. Barbecuing. Sleeping. Walking. Driving. Picnicking. Even our juveniles selling water. Selling hot dogs. Yeah, that's right. They made a big issue out of that. 
which, which, which received national attention. And then that young man even uh, ended up going on the Steve Harvey show and being uh, uh, given a uh, professional um, uh, um, hot dog card, if you want to call it, with a uh, ooh, almost a lifetime supply of uh, hot dogs and sausages. So, yeah, that's what it's like to be black in America. There's no getting around it. We're being led astray, ran amok, screwed, knee in the neck. And if it wasn't for the uh, recording devices that we have now on our cell phone, a lot of these stories would you wouldn't be heard, uh, you wouldn't see. Even with the uh, technologies, with these uh, small cameras and these uh, 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 GoPros and and police body cameras, you, you're still not getting the whole story. Rihanna Taylor is living proof of it. These uh, uh, um, individual cops were didn't have any uh, body cams, weren't in uniform. And that's the very reason why initial charges were brought against uh, uh, um, her boyfriend, Kenneth, who shot one of the cops who were breaking into their house because that's what it was. I don't care what you want to call it, a no-knock warrant. People who haven't committed any crime, haven't broken any laws, sleep in their house and hear someone breaking in and going to defend themselves and protect his uh, uh, household and his uh, girlfriend. Thank goodness not they have dropped the charges on him. But that isn't because they wanted to, ladies and gentlemen. That's, in my opinion, that's because they had to. You had to. You can't do what you did and think that uh, uh, in today's times it's going to be uh, not broadcasted uh, through the family, not broadcasted on uh, uh, the new black media network. That The word is going to get out. I want to appreciate you guys. I want to tell you guys I appreciate you so much for listening to another episode of uh, uh, Chilling with Teddy G. And to uh, uh, remember, you can always get these news stories here that's important to you that's going to be totally uh, uncooked. You won't, you're not getting any flavoring around here. You know, you're not getting any sugar. You're not getting no frosting. Everything's going to be told to you just the way that we get it. So I appreciate you guys for listening and tuning in. And I want each and every one of you to have a... Uh, safe and a blessed day. It's June 6, 2020.